The coronavirus pandemic is changing nearly every aspect of life, and that's certainly true of the Thrift Savings Plan. Now, the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board says it's monitoring the virus and its impact on the funds, its participants, and its ability to keep serving them. Board members are doing some of that work remotely from home. It's one of several agencies that have ordered and expanded telework in recent days. For the latest in where to work from trends, Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And Nicole, let's start with TSP. Everybody's worried about their own TSP and I guess by extension, the board that runs the whole thing. Tell us what's going on there. So the TSP is tracking the coronavirus on three fronts. And the first is just how participants might be reacting to stock market volatility. And there's certainly been quite a bit of that in recent days and weeks here. And they are starting to see some signs of that, but nothing insane, I guess we could say. Although maybe when I share these numbers with you, you'll have a different perspective. So the TSP is seeing more withdrawals. And just to be clear, these aren't necessarily hardship withdrawals. These are just because of the new rules, participants taking money out of their accounts within the bounds of those new withdrawal rules that we had been reporting on a couple months back. And so In February, TSP participants made about 96,000 withdrawals, 95,000 withdrawals the previous month in January. But as of March 19th, participants have made 218,000 withdrawals. So those are certainly up. Interfund transfers, that's money moving between funds, is also on the rise. So between February 24th and March 17th, Participants transferred some $21 billion into the G Fund, and that's a particularly safe fund for multiple reasons. And that money came in from the C, S, I, and L funds. Now, if you look at those numbers a little bit more closely, that only accounts for about 5% of participants. So just about 5% of TSP participants are responsible for those interfund transfers. They're moving a lot of money but the vast majority of TSP participants are still kind of staying put as of right now, although the TSP anticipates those numbers will change in the coming weeks. Now, on the other sort of operational side of things, the TSP has some contingency plans in place. Their contact centers, there's three of them, they remain open, and they're trying to find ways for those employees, they're actually contractors, to telework, and they're hoping to set up a remote capability for those contractors soon, but they don't have it up and running just yet. And they say that, you know, the TSP will continue to be able to process most transactions for participants, but things that maybe might require opening the mail or other court orders or other transactions where there's a physical piece of paper involved, those could be delayed if contractors start getting sick and there might be, um, you know, some staff reductions there. So for now, things are normal. They are seeing higher volumes of calls, questions from participants who are wondering about this. But for now, things are normal. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And I guess that seems to be a theme emerging. If it's mail or paper work, then that's what's getting hung up. Whereas anything done on a transactional system seems to be okay for the bulk of agencies. Yeah, I think that's fair, Tom. Another piece of this is the TSP had been working on a project to make some of those forms that you might have to fill out, print, and then mail to the contact centers. 
there was a project already ongoing to make some of that electronic. But uh, Robbie Deo, he's the executive director of the FRTIB, he says that project is being accelerated. And so they're hoping that maybe they could move some of this more electronic, uh, more electronically as well. And what's going on at some of the other agencies? The telework dam seems to have been broken and it's just rushing forward now with everybody teleworking. I think that's a good way of putting it. You know, the FRTIB themselves, they moved to mandatory telework just the other day. On Monday, the Social Security Administration, we've heard it last. Most employees there are teleworking as of Monday or maybe even earlier, uh, late last week. However, a lot of that is dependent on whether or not those employees have enough soft phones. So the phones that might connect into the Social Security Administration's phone network we're hearing that they don't have enough of them at this time. And so as they acquire more, they'll move more people uh, to telework. For the time being, those employees are getting weather and safety leave, which is paid to stay home. So I think that situation will evolve as well. Yeah, because that seems like a poor substitute for teleworking, just having leave because of snow or sick days and the equivalent of that kind of thing. That means they're not working as opposed to if they have enough capacity provided by the agency for people to telework. That's right. And many of these employees had teleworked in the past. Uh, You know, it was last October and November or so that SSA had essentially canceled telework for these operations employees. And many of them had the ability to answer phone calls, respond to taxpayers remotely from their homes. But of course, that was canceled. So now they're in the process of ramping that back up and, of course, expanding it to everyone. Because under the previous telework pilot, not everybody at the agency was teleworking at the same time. So this is certainly a different scenario. And you're right. I mean, the agency can't have everyone sitting at home you know, waiting uh, for work to come in. And there are some new authorities, other tools agencies have brought on now to help with the coronavirus you've been reporting on. Run down some of those for us. Yeah, so the Office of Personnel Management is making a few different things available. One of them is something called a dual compensation waiver, which basically would allow an agency, and we're hearing that the Department of Veterans Affairs is going to use this, it would allow agencies like VA to rehire a retired employee. And in this case, we're hearing about physicians, nurses, other medical professionals. Those reemployed annuitants would receive a full-time salary for returning to the VA and other agencies, but then they'd also still get their full pension. And previously, there would be a formula, circumstances where they would not get their full pension. It would be offset by whatever their salary might be. So with this authority, I mean, it would be pretty lucrative for some of these reemployed annuitants to come back to their former agencies to work. We're also hearing that OPM is extending uh, accepted hiring authorities for agencies who need to bring on emergency personnel to help with their coronavirus response as well. And this is taking off at a lot of places. We haven't heard yet about agencies using the accepted hiring authorities, but I think we're going to hear about more agencies besides the VA tap into the reemployed annuitant um, workforce. And finally, Nicole, some agencies have had better communications with others from management who might be in the office to the rank and file who might not be. Yes, we're hearing that some agencies actually have had pretty... um, 
directed responses and communication with some of their employees. I mean, the FRTIB said that they formed a couple of different teams to really tackle their coronavirus response. And one of those teams is focused on communication and response with employees. NASA, I guess no surprise here. Also, I'm seeing some pretty positive messages coming from the administrator there. Daily updates on their website, really for the public to see as well. Just reminding employees that their health and safety is the first priority and that they'll get through this. Uh, I heard some positive responses from the Securities and Exchange Commission as well, just about early directed messages to the workforce and then sort of positive reinforcements, um, regular updates again to employees at that agency as well. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out all of her coronavirus coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Winter season is here, and Discount Tire wants you to stay safe on the road. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of.